Welcome, listeners. Whether I am emanating from your speakers or from the mists, I am delighted to be here with you. Now, I know some of you have had connectivity problems due to a pirate radio station attempting to bogart my hard-won call numbers. Please, please help me deliver this much-needed advice by giving me five stars. As far as I can tell, where you find them doesn't matter, be they gold stars from the chore chart, stars you name after me in the sky, cookies cut out to resemble stars that you then send to the station, or the ones you doodle in your notebook when you are supposed to be paying attention in class. Send them my way, dear listeners, so that I may rise above the pirate and smite him with my celestial arsenal. The lines are open. Jane, you're on the line. Thank you for waiting. Caller, my producer Dana is asking if you could move to a quieter location. So, sorry, is this better? My husband's having a bit of a hissy fit. He just launched our baby grand from the second story, even though it was a family heirloom. Your family could take a hike. I'm sorry to hear that. What's the cause of this strife? Host, do you ever feel like when one area of your life is going well, the others fall by the wayside? How do you mean? My mother used to have this saying, love, work, or friendship, pick one. Ah, yes, the ever-elusive work-life balance. With grad school, my job, my friends, and a new husband. You began to feel like you were spreading yourself too thin. Exactly, and it was really taking a toll on my relationship. Is that why your husband is chucking things from your window, Jane? (laughs) Hardly. See, the thing is... Gosh, I can't even say it out loud. I'm so embarrassed. I can't help you unless you're honest with me. Well, I was googling dates you can do in 20 minutes or less when I came across one of those clickbait stories at the bottom of an article. You know the type. You know, they say things like, You'll never believe what these child stars look like now. Oh, Jane. I know, I feel like an idiot. I mean, who clicks on those things? This one said, This busy mother went from being on the verge of divorce to having... S-E-X. Twice a day! And who doesn't want that? So I clicked into the post, and of course it turned out to be an... Ad. Oh, oh wait, I can say that out loud. Um, it was an ad. It was this guy, Dr. Martin, who promised to increase productivity in his patients by 100%. His Yelp reviews were good, so I went... Uh, It's just as I feared. Um, Dr. Martin has a reputation? What happened next, Jane? I'm afraid to even ask. Well, from there, it was some basic blood work, a CT scan, and boom! I had a clone! (laughs) Clones have been known to lighten a load of busy individuals. I'm told Oprah has 15. How did that work out for you? Well, at first it was great. Uh, While I put in the hours at the office, my clone had time to go on dates, listen to my husband talk about sports, and even perform sexual activities. But when my job started noticing that I had more time, they just started giving me more work. Isn't that how it always goes? So I thought, why not get another clone? (laughs) Plus, Dr. Martin was running a two-for-one deal, and I can't pass up a bargain. (laughs) I'm a bit of an amateur couponer. But you get what you pay for. Exactly. See, clones number one and number two were great. Exceptional, even. But from the beginning, there was something off about clone number three. She started cutting my jeans into Daisy Dukes and buying those clear platform heels. You know the ones that strippers wear. 
Listen, I don't want to shame anyone here, but my clone was a straight-up hoe. Whoa, caller. Judgment. Many of our listeners are hoes. I'm sorry. I'm still upset about what happened next. Roger! Not the dresser! You use that too! Sorry about that. Anyway, clone number three decided it would be a good idea to get on Tinder. Tinder! That's not even one of the classy apps. Interesting. You know, I've had patients of Dr. Martin call in about evil clones, unstable clones, even clones with attention deficit disorder, but never, excuse my French FCC employees, horny clones. I'm not sure what happened exactly, but I do know she started... sleeping. With these men she met online, turns out one of them happened to be my husband's co-worker, and you know how word spreads in an office. Uh, uh, frankly, I don't. It's just me, my producer, and the office stray Percy during my shift. Well, it spreads fast. Now my husband thinks I've been cheating on him with Bill from accounts receivable, and he's taking it out on my furniture! Uh, if you had an ounce of self-respect, you'd never go near a Jane, have you tried explaining the situation to... Roger, was it? Listen, Roger and I are traditional people, both raised Baptists. I can't tell him that he's been getting his... You know what? Touched by a clone? I see your dilemma. Well, Jane, I've dealt with Dr. Martin's clones before, and there's only one thing you can do. Ugh, what is it? I'll do anything. Now, this might be against your Christian upbringing, but you need to lie. Lie until the cows come home, Jane. So, First, organize a meeting between your husband, yourself, and his co-worker to sort things out. Assure both men that there must have been some miscommunication and that a face-to-face chat will clear everything up. Then invite clone number three to show up unannounced so both men see you in the same room together. Now, here is where you'll have to do a little acting. Were you in drama as a kid? Jesus, go play once. Channel that training, Jane. Your life depends on it. Because next, I need you to pretend like you've never seen clone number three in your entire life. Play it off like she is a long-lost twin, separated from you at birth. You'll need to muster some tears for this. When Roger witnesses this touching family reunion, all will be forgiven. Then, uh, kill the other two clones. Wait, what? Poison is the woman's weapon. Thank you, caller. Remember, listeners, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Which reminds me, the results from our listener-supported pledge drive are in, and the results are less than ample. If you want to keep this program going, listeners, you've got to give me something. (laughs) Even just a little bit. And uh, thanks to Alicia, who sent in the 20-pound sack of dried pinto beans. I'm sure you meant it as a gag, but Dana and I are enjoying them as we speak. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Shipping on those must have cost a fortune. And now a public service announcement. Listeners, the days are growing shorter and the nights are colder. We're entering the autumn season, and we all know what that means. Crop circles. Yes, these symbols always make an appearance around harvest time, and I would be remiss if I didn't remind you all. Not all crop circles are the work of aliens or cults. Sometimes crop circles are the work of the government posing as aliens or cults. Hashtag not all crop circles. Now, next up, we have Gene, who wants some professional advice. Gene, you're on the air. Hello, host. I feel horrible about work. It's really getting me down lately. What is it you do, Gene? I'm a detective. 
It's been hard as long as I can remember, but uh, lately, it's just the pits. I feel like I'm cursed or something, you know? Yes, Jean, I do. In my experience, I've seen a variety of curses, hexes, jinxes, and maledictions. Shh. Did you hear something? Uh, only Eugene. <laughs> Eugene, that's, that's funny. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm at work. Thought I heard something. Well, okay, so maledictions. What I want to know is, how do you cope? I listen to your show all the time. Some of this stuff is nuts. Self-care, Jean. Lately, my self-care comes in a brown paper bag. Try meditation apps, tea, yoga. Yoga. Yeah, see, I feel wiped out. What I see on the daily, you wouldn't believe. I go home every night feeling like dirty laundry. We all have our breaking point. What's been triggering you lately? Okay, so maybe you've read about this, but there was this guy in the park downtown just cutting people with a knife. He was doing it for a few weeks, and we had a task force and everything. Couldn't catch a break. Until I see an ATM that faces the park. I mean, weeks of working on this, and I finally noticed the ATM. Anyway, we pull a face from the ATM camera and track this guy down. Now this is where it gets interesting. Oh, so this is where it gets interesting. (laughs) Right. So last week, on the hottest day of the year, we take the door to his apartment. We're sure it's him. We have witnesses and tapes, but damned if we can't find the weapon anywhere. You know what we did find? Cotton balls, earplugs, headphones, and blood bags everywhere. His kitchen, his bedroom, covering the bathroom floor. He had broken into a blood bank. The bathtub was full of it. We drain it, and wouldn't you know, there is the knife at the bottom. Gene, I'm going to say what everyone is thinking. Surely you've considered that he's a vampire. That's what I thought originally. I said, this guy is a vampire. So block out the window in the holding cells and lock this scumbag up. But then this rookie, she pointed out that he wasn't even drinking the blood. See, I'm, I'm glad that she caught that. I was so tired, I guess I missed it. Okay, I'm intrigued. We start asking him questions. He keeps saying, it's not his fault, over and over. It's not my fault, he says. It wasn't my idea. Wait, wait, hold on. You can't hear nothing? Really? Only Eugene. Right. Well, by now, in the questioning, it's been seven hours. I'm tired. I haven't slept in days because I've been been working on this case. And then this guy, this nutcase, he says, get this, (laughs) it was the knife's idea. (laughs) What? He bought a set of knives at a yard sale and was using them for a while. But then one night, prepping vegetables for stir fry, he started hearing something like this little twisted voice. Saying what exactly? I'm thirsty. The knife talks. He says it keeps saying it's thirsty and it, and it won't shut up. It keeps begging and begging, nagging at him over and over. So finally, when he can't take it anymore, he dunked it in water and it screamed. Shrieked, I mean, almost blew his eardrum. And he said he dunked it in juice 
and it screamed again. He dunked it in wine and milk and gravy and paint and gasoline, and it just screamed and screamed. Finally, he's cutting into a lime with it. He's planning on dunking it into a margarita, you see, so it'll get drunk and maybe shut up. But then slips and nicks his hand. He's bleeding, and the knife, for the first time in like a month, it shuts up. It goes quiet. So quiet, he can hear his own thoughts again. But then it starts talking again, even louder this time. He knows what it wants. He told us he pleaded with it, but it wouldn't stop begging. He even tossed it in a dumpster. The minute he walked away, it started shrieking again. He could still hear it down the street, through the walls. He stuffed his ears with cotton. He bought noise-canceling headphones. He blared music. Finally, he couldn't take it anymore. He walked into a park and went to work, slashed a guy selling hot dogs right in broad daylight. Can you believe that? Me? I'm sitting there listening to this and something clicks inside me. How is this my job? This is what my life has led me to so I can do this every day? Listen to these people? How did I get here? Can you believe that? Gene, in my line of work, I can. (laughs) I went into the evidence room later that night and stared at the knife. I couldn't believe it. Look, I can't imagine what you hear on this show. I mean, the crap I have to deal with is nothing. It's human, not monsters, not even aliens. But it's driving me crazy. Well, Gene, my take on this is a simple one. It doesn't sound like you're dealing with a monster or aliens. Sounds like you just hate your job. I do. I do hate my job. Have you considered a change of vocation? Uh, Maybe becoming a florist? Maybe we could open a dispensary together. As long as it's someplace warm, Gene. (laughs) Really, in your high-stress job, you need decompression. You need to shut off, go for a walk, meditate. Do yoga. Exactly. That's good to hear. (laughs) I thought I was losing my mind. I get it. It's easy to feel trapped. Right. Tonight I'm here, doing paperwork, pulling a graveyard. I, I got up to get some coffee, and as I passed the evidence room, I almost thought I heard something. See, Gene? That's a signal. Drink some tea. Go for a walk. I should. Because, well, when I go back to my desk, I could still hear it, the sound from down the hall. That's why I called you, because I can hear something down the hall. Just the tiniest little voice. Gene, I'm going to shift gears. Shh. I can hear it now. It's just a tiny little voice. You can't even believe it. This begging voice and it won't shut up. It's still thirsty. If I'm right in my thinking, and I think I am... Sounds like you've got a possessed object on your hands. A possessed object is nothing more than a temporary home for a demon or malevolent spirit. The knife is a house, so to speak. So, my advice is for you to get yourself some lighter fluid and some matches and burn the house down. You got it. And Jean, quit your job. You got it. I'm thirsty. You. I'm thirsty. Got it. Listeners... Curses are rare things, but they bite deep. 
Remember, a curse is nothing more than a cycle of pain. So remember, listeners, to help one another break the cycle. Now, I believe it's time for an intermission, and that reminds me... Dana, will you put the kettle on? I'm thirsty. Is anyone else hearing the voice of any tools or utensils? Listen carefully. I'm thankful to say that appears to not be one of my afflictions. For our intermission, we're going to do a public safety announcement of a sort. Where are you right now, listeners? Think about where you are. Are you in your house? Maybe an apartment? Maybe a car? Who else is with you right now? Do you know for sure? Do you assume that your husband left for Walgreens when maybe he's just in the bathroom? Or how about additional people? Is there someone there that shouldn't be? Listen, listeners. Did you hear that? Was it nothing? Can you be sure? Well, that's why we're going to do this next exercise. If you're in a house, take a few moments to check all the closets on all the floors. Find out if someone's in there who shouldn't be. My apartment people, check in the bathroom, behind the shower curtain. I know you don't want to, but it's important that we face our fears. There's probably definitely no one in there with a knife, but it's best to check just to make sure. And for those of you in cars... Oh, Evan the Desert Ranger. What are you doing here? Hi, a host. I, uh, I brought you some sounds for your show. Oh, um, that's for next time, Evan. Uh, tonight I'm helping our listeners check for intruders. Oh, well, shucks. You were looking forward to sharing your nocturnal animal sounds? Yeah, nobody likes them as much as I do. Except for you, host. Aw. Well, they are very nice sounds. They are. And if I may say, you look rather dashing tonight. I shaved my face. Oh, well, that was a good choice. (sighs) Okay, uh, where were we, listeners? Uh, Yes, uh, for those of you in cars, take a moment, when it's safe, to check that back seat. You never know who might have gotten back there when you weren't looking. All clear, everybody? (sighs) That's better. Now, listeners, I'd like to take a moment to stress a certain flexibility when interpreting the voice of the numinous. This very morning, well, late afternoon, while sipping my ayahuasca lemon zinger tea, I found myself submerged in the most tantalizing reverie. I had the direct sensation, listeners, that a premonition was filtering through my awareness, and I sat transfixed upon this feeling— searching for the lines that would solidify its form into something knowable. What was this vague experience trying to tell me? For at least a half hour's time, I gazed upon the light dancing across my table, waiting for answers, but it was then that I realized my pomegranate crisp had been in the oven a full two hours past its time. The cinders were of a darkness unnatural to this world. Never focus so much on the future that you lose track of the present, listeners. And... Presently, we'll be taking our next call. Hi there, caller. You're on with the host. Hi, host. This is Megan with Scope Free Minds, an award-winning service that pairs today's curious but overcommitted business person with the unlimited lived experiences of one that... Megan? Megan, I hate to interrupt, but we really try to screen out promotional calls. Right, Dana? Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was automatic. That's how 90% of my phone calls start these days. Ah, I see. So you've been working some long hours, Megan. You could say that, yeah. We're a startup, you know how it is. Of course. 
though I consider myself to be less of a business and more a conductor of the universe's light. Sure. So how is the business doing? You know, it's great. It's growing uh, exponentially, and it's such an exciting moment in, you know, to be in... Our work really is breaking new ground in our field every single day. Right, and that field is? POVs. Uh, POVs? Like, points of view? Yes, at Scope Free Minds, we match adventurous wanderers, professionals, high achievers, millennials who would not consider themselves hipsters, tastemakers, personal brand. Are you just listing keywords? It's for people who wish they had time to read. Oh God, I'm so tired. Why are you calling, Megan? I mean, do people even really listen to this show? What's your audience size? Here at The Host, we don't measure our success in the size of our audience, but in the expansion of each listener's heart or other cultural representation of feeling. Mm-hmm. So not very big. No. At least a baker's dozen? Okay. So real talk, host? It's not going well. People spend a lot of money on the temporary rental of an alternate POV, and they're not always happy with the results. What do you mean, rental? It's essentially mind tourism. We custom match you with an available POV based on your interests. You might not have time to travel to the Bahamas, but what if you could effortlessly step into the mind of a Bahamian and see how it really is in paradise? Megan, you've devolved into sales speak again. I'd like to speak to the real Megan, if I could. Oh, right. Of course. Whoa, where am I? You're... With the host? No, I'm in an office. A real boring office. Who am I talking to? The host? On the radio? A radio show? Oh, can you play Where Have All the Cowboys Gone for me? It's a little reductive, but it reminds me of my Lua Bell, who always used to play... (laughs) Sorry about that. Now, where were we? We were... uh, I'm sorry, what just happened? Oh, that, yeah. So we had a little trouble with our concept because it depended on people who lived in intriguing or idyllic locations wanting to rent out their POVs. And it turns out that they do not. So in order to keep providing the service, we had to consider a broader pool of POVs. And unfortunately, we ended up with some nudists and criminals and poor people. And then there was this one POV who turned out to be an anti-Semite, and I don't need to tell you that that was even less popular than the poor ones. Or the nudists. (laughs) No, some people were into the nudists. Yes, of course. Uh, So it's similar to a dating site that has barely anyone on it. Exactly. So we had to fire a bunch of POVs, and now it's less matchmaking and more speed dating. The hope being that quantity will be an adequate subsist for quality. I've been picking up some of the overflow, and... (laughs) Hello? Yes, um, to whom am I speaking? (laughs) Oh, um, this is Megan. I'm the Megan who has a degree from Syracuse on her, on my wall. Hey, um, just curious, do you happen to know my social security number? I'm about to go to the doctor, because I just hit my head and I'm bleeding. I don't have that information, and I don't think you should be asking for it. I mean... Okay, um, what about my mother's maiden name, or the street I grew up on? Oh, oh, how about my first pet's name? This seems highly inappropriate. Okay, okay, easy one. What is my favorite restaurant? I... Do not have any of that information, and I wouldn't give it to you if I did. Ugh, 
This program is the worst, and this office is lame. I hope this POV uses the money she's making off me to go buy herself a personality. <laughs> okay, great, now we have amateur con artists. I'll have to flag her. You can hear what they're saying. Yeah, I can't speak or move, but I can hear them, and they can't move me due to obvious safety concerns. Yes, that seems dangerous. <laughs> God, the paperwork. Anyway, so it's been kind of a lot, and all our clients seem to object to my decorating choices, but I just try to keep a positive attitude and... Hello? Hi there. Uh, this is the host. Can I help you? I don't know. I... This is the first time I've done this. What am I... What am I doing now? You're on a call-in show. I give advice. Oh. Oh. Actually, I would... I would never be able to ask for advice normally because there are people, dangerous people, looking for me, but they... They couldn't know it's me right now. What a serendipitous occasion, not Megan. How can I gently guide you? What would you do if you had witnessed a crime but were afraid you might be killed for snitching? Oh. Uh, well... First, let me state that this advice in no way implies support of illegal activities, uh, but you seem to really be in need, not Megan, and I have some advice that might help. Oh, thank goodness. I don't know what else to... What the fuck, Megan? Hello? I turn on the radio because I'm working, actually working, to keep this business afloat in the middle of the night, and I find you talking to a call-in radio show host about our business, and now she's giving advice to criminals on the air using our service? Alleged criminals? I better see you here tomorrow at 6 a.m., Megan. I mean, I will be in at 9.30, but your POV better fucking be in the office by 6, or don't bother coming in at all. Megan? Yeah, uh, it's me. That seemed like it must have been stressful. A little, yeah. Tell me more. How did it make you feel having your mind inhabited by several different people in a matter of minutes and then having your boss speak to you like that? I don't know, host. It's not unusual, but I am really tired. Maybe I could look into a long-term motor skills inclusive lease situation for my POV. Just hang back. Let someone else run my life for a while. Surely they couldn't do any worse. I think you're just stretched a little thin. When was the last time you had your mind to yourself for a whole day? Or even a whole week? Well, I don't even know, host. I think you need a little you time, Megan. It's hard to remember what that's like. I think you'll find it very restorative. Maybe take a vacation, a real one, where you bring your own body along for the ride. <laughs> I don't know if Mr. Winners would like that. Megan, I don't want to pass judgment, but your boss's behavior was highly inappropriate. He should never yell at you or demean you or inhabit your body without your express consent. Well, I signed this form and I didn't really read it. Consent that involves access to your brain or body can be withdrawn at any time, no matter what papers you might have signed. But in the future, I would also recommend reading those. Are you still there, Megan? Yeah, just thinking... And what were you thinking? I'm thinking I should find another job. That's wonderful, Megan. Hey, Greg, can you come in here and uninstall my POV software? Sure thing, Megs. It was very good to talk to you, Megan, and I wish you all the best. Hey there, this is Greg from IT. Can I help you with anything while I'm in here? Oh, no, no, thank you, Greg. Well, you have a very pleasant day, miss. You too, Greg. And Megan... If you can still hear me, I hope you find yourself. And also a good lawyer. Our last caller of the night wishes to remain anonymous. Good evening, caller. You're on the air. Hello. 
caller. Can you speak up? There's a lot of noise in the background. Sorry, I'm in the hospital. If this isn't a good time... No, I have to talk to someone. Okay, I'm all ears. I need some advice about my fiancé. See, he's a vampire. I've seen that particular bi-species couple before. (laughs) Needless to say, I foresee complications. There are a few. Jealousy is one. When we started dating, it was sexy. I'd never had a guy so protective of me who wanted me all to himself. That would be flattering. But then it became territorial. He claimed me. Whenever a guy even looks in my direction, he'll say, She's mine! And just like that, flattery becomes a red flag. Told me that my friends were bad influences and forced me to get rid of them. Red flag wholesale club. Then I had to quit my job because a woman's place is in the home. Ooh, red flag factory. That hasn't been public opinion since the 60s. How old is this man? He's 40, but he looks 30. Flawless skin, vampire, timeless beauty. Collagen aside, I'm curious about his personality traits. Vampires are ones to mark their territory, as seen in the vampires from the Louisiana area. He's from California. Of course he is. So I did everything he told me to. I thought it would make him happy. It didn't. It's just become more and more painful. What do you mean? If I do something wrong, like accidentally spill water on the floor, he hurts me. How are we doing? Fine. Would you like me to eat? Um, apple, please. You got it. Okay, I'm back. You were saying? I was saying, I love him. He loves me. No, you said he hurts you. Look, he's not perfect, but I know he loves me. I shouldn't have called. Thanks for your help, but... Love should not be painful. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't abandon him. He needs me. Besides, he recently compelled me. He used the stare-induced compulsion spell seen in Vampires in the Mystic Falls region? Yes, So he dictates every action. And yet you called me. He isn't here at the moment. The spell requires eye contact. And it couldn't be simply that he's threatening, persuasive, and you've developed Stockholm Syndrome. What do you mean? Why are you at the hospital? I blacked out when I was walking down to the basement, hit my head on the cement floor, then went into hypovolemic shock. Isn't that the life-threatening condition that results when you lose more than 20% of your body's blood supply? How did you know that? I watch a lot of medical dramas. I watch a lot of horror movies. (laughs) I figured he got too frisky with last night's feeding. Sometimes he's so aggressive, it feels like he sucks the life out of me. Caller, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I need you to answer honestly. All right. Have you seen your fiancé in the daylight? Of course, every day. Does he wear an enchanted ring that allows such exposure to sunlight? He explained that modern vampires have evolved with a sunlight immunity gene. He said that. Interesting. And he looks remarkably young, but you said he's from California? Yeah. Plastic surgery capital of the U.S.? I guess. Caller, what hard evidence do you have that he's actually a vampire? He bites me. Anyone can do that. I need you to look in a mirror. Do you have a set of fang marks? Yeah, I totally do. Are you sure? Can you scratch them off? Because if they're scabs, they'll fall off. They're not coming off. Then you have a serious problem. What? First of all, those things on your neck are probably moles, so you should see a dermatologist to make sure they're not skin cancer. 
Okay, what else? Well, all of the vampiric behavior he exhibits is not exclusive to vampires. So... Caller, I don't think your fiancé is a vampire. Then what is he? An abusive asshole? Here's what happened. He pushed you down the stairs, let your head bleed out for a little too long, then called an ambulance and told you it was an accident. Now that you said that, I do remember a nudge right before I fell. I thought as much. Get that violent man-child out of your life ASAP. But I love him. Let's forget about him for a moment. You're in the hospital, you're in danger, and you need help. Those friends he made you stop seeing, can you reach out to them? Yeah, but they probably hate me now. If they're good people, they'll want to help. Are they good people, caller? I'm not sure. Give them the opportunity to be, okay? Okay. Call them when you hang up with me. Although this show may sometimes suggest otherwise, evil rarely presents itself in a hideous, monstrous form. It's our job to listen to our intuition, because we all deserve to be treated with love and respect and to trust in ourselves. I'm going to take this opportunity to quickly encourage you listeners to donate to your local blood and plasma drive. You've got more blood than you know what to do with. How about giving some of it away? (sighs) What did we learn tonight, listeners? I'm not sure I remember. Uh, we've got some listeners out there in uncongenial jobs, some are in sour relationships, a few of you are disappointed with your discount clones. Life can be hard. In fact, I'm convinced much of it is. So imagine with me that you're joining hands with all of this program's listeners. Stand with me as we screw up our faces, hold our breath, and wait together for life's next calamity. I have been your host. Good night. Episode 5 of The Host was written by Hannah Martin, Tony Werner, Jesse Lauren Smith, and April Brassard. It was performed by Kim Baranti, Tony Werner, Jonathan Keaton, Amy McKay, April Brassard, and Sarah Kenny. Music by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. If you'd like to contribute, please send us an email at thehostpodsubmissions at gmail.com. Until next time, good night.